My name is Joanna Bellis. I'm the Heritage Display and Interpretation Officer for the RNLI. I'm part of the Small Heritage Department and I originally joined the RNLI in 2003 when the institution was setting up a heritage department. In fact, that was my job to come in and do that all those, uh, all those years ago. And the reason for that was that the institution realised it had this fabulous history and was operating a number of small museums and had a number of collections, but there was lots of potential, but they needed to really develop that. And that's why the RNLI decided to set up an RNLI subsidiary charity to look after heritage. And that is why I came in back in 2003. We had quite a good idea back in 2003-04 of the collection that we had at our museums. We had seven official and unofficial Arnolai museums and they were reasonably well documented. What we didn't really know, because we're not a museum organisation, we're a Saving Lives at Sea organisation, is what we had at our various lifeboat stations and divisional bases and operational buildings because there'd never been any reason to document that or audit it. So that was a real voyage of discovery for us to try to find out and we're still finding out today. It's only really when we have the excuse to go and work with a station that we often find out exactly what they have because a lot of it is the tangible history that's part of the wallpaper. It's the service returns and the vellums and the service boards that have hung on the walls forever. People don't always think, oh yes, that's our heritage. But it's also with all the intangible stuff as well. It's all the stories and the anecdotes and all the, yes, the fantastic stories that go with a unique history of any station. And that's what we're getting better at recording nowadays. For example, we had a very good project at Eastbourne Museum a few years ago when we had the opportunity to redisplay it. And that meant we had to look at the collections on display there but for the first time, look at what we had back at the support centre as well. And we realised that we had lots of photographs and images and some objects that they didn't know about at the museum and vice versa. And my favourite item from this was in our photographs at Poole, we had a fantastic photo of a little girl standing in front of a historic lifeboat. No information on it but we knew from what she was wearing that we could date it at roughly 1925. But what made it special was the little girl had a pram with a chicken in it, and the chicken was staring out at the photographer. And in the back of the pram were lots of little Arnolai flags, so she was obviously fundraising, and we knew nothing more. So I showed this to the local volunteers at Eastbourne, and they said, oh, that's Alice. And they immediately pointed to another photograph on their wall. But this was a rather formidable looking lady from the 1950s in a big hat. And they said, oh, she was the chair of the Ladies Guild. And she was the honorary secretary's daughter. And she started fundraising in the 1920s from a very, very early age. And that was her pet chicken. And it had a bad leg. So she used to put it in a baby's pram and wheel it around and people would throw pennies into the pram and then they would get a lifeboat flag. But both the girl and the chicken were apparently quite intimidating and quite terrifying. <laughs> and nobody dare refuse her. So, but I had no idea that this was the rather stern looking lady in the hat. So it's 
I'm telling you the story because it's what we do all the time in Heritage. We try to put stories together. So where we might have a medal, uh, you might find a station has the certificate that goes with it, or it's that local knowledge of putting everything everything together so that we suddenly make all these uh, these links. It's one of the reasons why it's so important for us to, to always work with local local people because they've got that, that knowledge. And they were so thrilled to see that. Uh, that picture with uh, young Alice and the chicken in the pram because they didn't know about it. You never quite know where heritage is going to lead you. Quite often it leads you, usually not very glamorous places, quite often it's places covered with dust and verdigris. But in Sorkham, I ended up in the lavatory because I asked the, it's quite a small station, and I said, do you have any heritage photos or extras? And they said, oh yes, they're in the filing cabinet. And I naively thought, oh, well, that's bound to be in the office, but it wasn't. It was in the station loo. So off I went to the station loo, where I had to kneel on top of the WC in order to get into an enormous filing cabinet, which was stuffed top to bottom with historic photos. So it was brilliant. But I wasn't alone in there because one of the crew was a fisherman, so I had two live lobsters in the sink next to me, uh, rather snapping away. So it was quite a memorable, uh, memorable experience. Although this is an enormous collection with at least 20,000 objects in it, I do have a favorite object and it's probably a surprising one. It's not one, when you think we have historic lifeboats and some really quite grand objects, my object seems very simple. And this is my object. I was presented uh, on, for the Heritage Department a few years ago a silver tankard from the great-granddaughter of Robert Osborne, who was one of the crew members on the Clacton lifeboat. And in 1881, he went out to a French ship called the Madeleine, and they, it was a terrible, terrible storm, and they managed to get everybody off except one French sailor who was so terrified that he'd lashed himself to the mast and they couldn't get him to move. He was frozen with fear. So Robert Osborne apparently put a, put a knife in his teeth like a pirate, jumped from the lifeboat onto the Madeleine, manhandled, cut this man loose and manhandled him, this French sailor, back into the lifeboat and saved his life. And the upshot of this is the coxswain of the lifeboat was awarded an Arnolai silver medal, but local people wanted to really acknowledge the crew as well, and they raised a subscription for silver tankards. And this is what we have in the collection. But when this was donated to me by Robert Osborne's descendant, she said, oh, I don't know if, if you want this bit. She said, but it's always lived in the tankard, but you can feel, feel free to throw, throw it away. And she put her hand into the tankard and she produced about a six inch piece of hemp rope. And this was the rope that had been around the French sailor that her great grandfather had cut off. And he'd kept it as a little tiny memento. And it had always lived in the tankard. And she was surprised at me because I was probably more thrilled about that than anything else. And the reason that little bit of rope is my favourite object in the collection is it's so mundane, but it only means something when you have the story behind it. And that's 
really true of nearly everything in our collection. It comes to life with the story. And if we don't know those stories and record those stories, then that information is lost. And the significance, the full significance of why there's a bit of old rope in the tankard might be lost as well. Hello, it's Mark Pusey here. I'm crew at Chiswick on the Thames. If you want to hear more stories from the RNLI's 200 Voices collection, then head to rnli.org slash 200 voices or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. 200 Voices is produced for the RNLI by Adventurous Audio Limited.